0: Hello and welcome to Movies with Dave, the podcast in which we discuss movies that we think that Dave may or may not enjoy. My name is Andrew Kramer, and I'm Pablo Garvan. So I wanted to introduce us. Uh, this is our first episode, first podcast together, um, and both of us we wanted to use this as a platform to. Connect as friends and uh, talk about things that we like. And a lot of times we usually bounce around quite a bit, but we figured if we give it a little bit of structure, uh, it can help keep the relationship alive. Damn, those are some damn new words, my
1: friend. <laughs> um, so I guess I'll start introducing myself. on am Pablo. For those that you may or may not know me, I uh, live in Mexico City. I was born and raised in Mexico City. Uh, went to college in Wisconsin where I met um, Andrew and obviously, you know, most importantly, Dave. Dave. Who's the main, the central figure of this
0: of this podcast. Absolutely. Um, and before we introduce me, Pablo, what is your favorite movie? That is a crazy good
1: question. Uh, for the longest time when I was when I was young, I was a huge fan of The Lord of the Rings. Uh, mm. You know, I've watched the extended editions a million times. And I can say by far that's probably my favorite movie or the most favorite that a movie will ever be. But here's a fun fact, and it's that I haven't watched The Lord of the Rings in about seven years. I love it so much that I can't. I've, like, physically and emotionally exhausted most of my Lord of the Rings watching. I understand that. Um, So I haven't seen it, even though I I adore the movies. Uh, But it's just, like, a pretty big, I think, emotional endeavor every time I I try to watch them. So to answer your actual... yeah. Uh, to answer your actual question, um, right now I'd say probably uh, Arrival uh, would be my favorite movie um, by Denis Villeneuve or whatever his name is. I think he's French Canadian, and it's just incredible. I think we'll probably have a podcast, an episode on that, but crazy good movie. Uh, blends really well with sci-fi and really good um, like philosophical themes and um, a lot of like crazy crazy emotions going on. Um, so definitely recommend to watch it.
0: Awesome. Yeah, and uh, I'm Andrew Kramer. I went to Lawrence University with Pablo and our good friend uh, Dave. And I I like to actually think of both of us in a way, uh, to use your Lord of the Rings comment, as both of us in a way are the Samwise to uh, our our friend Dave, who is Frodo. You know, we're like, we we will carry him up. uh, We'll carry him up the mountain. We'll... Record the podcast without him you know whatever it takes uh we're we're all in it together um so and andrew wait wait sorry to interrupt but i I do
1: have to ask what is your favorite movie
0: my favorite movie when i was in high school i used to always say the truman show was my favorite movie then in college uh, i transitioned over to um the life aquatic and then for a couple of years, I would say the movie 13 Assassins. And the movie I've been able to watch recently that has brought me the most joy that I just can keep on watching over and over again and it's very embarrassing is the movie Pacific Rim by Guill- uh, Guillermo del Toro. Like oh, that fuck movie, yeah. Yeah, it rocks. It rocks.
1: And, you know, Mexican director, what can I say? Um, that said, I do have an great great idea for this podcast which is um a special section called would this movie be better if jim carrey played the lead part and i think there's <laughs> there's a lot of really great movies that would probably be better off with jim carrey i
0: i am like absolutely certain of this a true yes man of okay. of acting
1: absolutely absolutely i mean the other one would be like Nick, nicolas cage but i i i think he's like the anti jim carrey Most movies movies Warsaw, if we play the character. <laughs> um, but I was actually, um, we'll save it for another podcast. Uh, <laughs> but I was discussing this with the real Dave, and we we're talking about um, a Will Ferrell movie. Like, um, I can't remember what it's called, uh, but it's like a drama movie. Um, one of his first, like, dramatic roles on, on oh, like the uh, big Stranger Than Fiction. Yes, yes, and we'll, I think we can devote a full like hour and a half to talk about why Jim Carrey would have been better at that movie, <laughs> but uh, anyways, that's just that that's just what I think about this uh, controversial um, topic.
0: Yeah, Jim Carrey as Frodo Baggins. Um, thoughts. Well, um,
1: that's. That's a movie that would be worse off. I agree. It would be kind of like, well, never mind. We'll talk about Soviet adaptations of Lord of the Rings later. (laughs)
0: Um, All right. So I think that that's probably as much as we want to hit on in terms of uh, the intro, who we are. And just to state it again. We're here for Dave. You know, we want to help Dave find good movies. During the pandemic, he came to me and was like, Andrew, I want to get into movies. And I made him a list of movies. And he watched some of, of them. But I, th- I think that it was just one person's perspective. And I think that by working together, we're going to be able to find some stuff that really is good for Dave. So what what are we talking about this week? Well, this week we're talking about a Korean movie. We're, we're getting on the train of Korean craziness.
1: Uh, we're talking about Burning um, by Lee Chang Dong, who uh, is most definitely not the same guy who directed Parasite. Just throwing it out there because I know a lot of people are well. The two people who are going to listen to this podcast are probably going to think. Um, but no, yeah, you, you and me right? are
0: going to think that when we listen to this podcast. Being the only two people who are going to listen to it,
1: that is true. <laughs> um, but no. Uh, So he's directed a bunch of other movies. This is by far his most uh, famous movie and this is a movie that I suggested just because it's been on my watch list forever. And it's again one of those things where you're browsing Netflix every night or whatever and you're trying to watch something light and this definitely doesn't fit the bill. Uh, (laughs) So it took me a long time and a visit to Austin uh, to visit um, Andrew and D. Dave, uh, the namesake of this podcast, to actually uh, watch it. Uh, so the story goes, we started watching it. I fell asleep. Uh, not going to say why, but I fell asleep. Um, and we realized this might be a pretty good exercise as, as the first, um, the first episode in in our podcast. So ended up watching it later and, uh, yeah, here we are.
0: Yeah. Um, I also kind of want to hit on it because we started it around, uh, around 1030, um, after you know going to a long dinner uh and ha- having a good time uh the movie's two and a half hour long two and a half hours long and the fact long. that we were both willing to jump into a two and a half hour um uh foreign language film i think kind of is when we really were like oh we are both ready to talk about some film yeah uh, we might have gone
1: too edgy for the first episode but
0: it's it's all right no but this is it but like the thing is that when we were talking about different movies, this is the one where we're just like, you know what? That actually, that actually could work. That could Pablo Burning could work. Um, and the the weird thing about this movie, like you said, I usually have a hard time recommending movies that are like wh- th- this isn't one note, but like the the intimidating movies, like uh, because I think that if a movie is intimidating or it has a lot of heft like to it, like is it a good movie in that sense because to me a good movie needs to have highs it needs to have lows if it's just depressing the whole time to me that that, that's not what does it for me but i will say this is an interesting one because i'm absolutely nuts about this movie but i was in the situation in which we watched the first hour and a half and could not stop talking about this movie to people but did not finish that last hour for another two weeks after that um so it, it it does kind of sit a little bit in that more somber tone and it is a little bit longer but hot damn is it good
1: yeah yeah it's definitely i would say it's, it's definitely not an easy watch um especially now that i think you know we can go a, a lot of time talking about millennial um, attention spans and how uh, yeah it's i think in the best interest of people uh, the money makers to like have do short movies and this is clearly not the case plus being foreign um, mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, I do think we should um, give a short summary of the, of the movie, or at least uh, a tidbit of what it's about. Sure. Um, so if you're gonna go ahead for for our
0: yeah, two listeners. So, so uh, Burning is an adaptation. I knew that it was an adaptation of a Haruki Murakami story. He's my my favorite author, um, a Japanese author. Um, yeah, it's an adaptation of Barn Burning uh, by Haruki Murakami. But it's actually also an adaptation of Barn Burning by William Faulkner. Uh, so Only I didn't Falcon. do... A... <laughs> so it's yeah, I an
1: adaptation of an adaptation.
0: I think that is true. So I, I have not read either of these short stories, um, but I have read a lot of Haruki Murakami. And I will say that the, uh, the plot of this is very much a Haruki Murakami story in which it features a young man who is introverted and in some ways boring. Um, in this case, uh, the character's name is Jong uh, Su, uh, and he's, um, he's a reader. In this case, he's also a writer. Uh, and in these Haruki Murakami stories, there's almost always a mysterious girl who, for some inexplicable reason, is interested in the Murakami character. And even though the Murakami character is boring, the attention to detail always brings you in. And Around this incredibly grounded real character It's almost like there's a dream state that goes around the character uh, and you're following this very muted character in this heightened uh, Reality and that and that's the the plot of burning and in this case he runs into a character shin um, Who is a friend of his? Uh, from the town that he grew up in uh, and Uh, she gets him to watch her cat they end up having sex uh you know her finding him in the relationship just always feels a little off a little confusing Uh, but they're able to develop this pretty tight bond and uh when she comes back all of a sudden there's back from back from work Oh, from, from Africa. She goes to Africa. She's interested uh, in going to Africa. And when she comes back from Africa, all of a sudden, there's another man. Uh, and she's spending time with him. And jang you know, he's from—he literally lives on a farm. He is trying to avoid writing as much as possible. He's masturbating all the time. You know, he's a flawed character. Uh, and then all of a sudden, it, you see it this It sounds very similar guy. to a lot of people's experience in the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> speaking from ex- your, your personal experience Pablo uh,
1: I, I will not I will not respond to that provocation um, that said I do have to add something um, absolutely this handsome man who's clearly cultured and also has uh, probably been abroad and, and loaded uh, as we see uh, several times in the movie uh, mm-hmm. he's, uh, has a great apartment uh, drives like a Porsche 911 uh, but he's also played by Stephen Young who is a um, Korean-American actor most famous for being in The Walking Dead and getting his like, skull mashed? in. Um, but he is... Uh, spoilers. Uh, well, in The Walking Dead, yeah. Uh, spoilers for The Walking Dead. Sorry, guys. Nobody <laughs> watches that anymore. Um, so he's a, a... I thought actually that was really cool. Just, you know, he's, he's not Korean, but uh, clearly adds a little bit of a foreign element, I think, within the plot. Or, um, you know, might, might not serve the story, but you do have the, these like two uh, fully Korean actors and then you have a megastar who's like maybe even more American than Korean and mm-hmm. playing this like Korean man in the movie. So I, I just thought that's that's also interesting. And absolutely. definitely, you know, uh, the movie has definitely been marketed
0: around him also because he's you know a big name. Yeah, I, I mean, th- at least in how it's been marketed to us in the West. Yes, um, absolutely. I, I don't know how big these actors are uh so before instead of just going and diving into the plot itself because i I do want people to have the opportunity to go and see the movie if they want i figured that it might be useful to uh go into what we liked about the movie and um you know if things end up being spoilers for the end of the movie then we can kind of mention that and people can skip ahead all that sort of thing um so um, I was wondering if you wanted to just kind of go through a couple things. Of, like, was there anything that you particularly liked uh, it, from this movie?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think right away the first thing I noticed in the movie is um, the use of light. Like, the cinematography is amazing, unbelievable. Um, yeah, I think there's like, especially like the low light uh, portions of the movie. It's just so good. Um, there's uh, this particular shot, and I know this sounds so like movie geeky, but it like jumps out at you um, There's one particular shot where um, Well uh, not to uh, give a lot of spoilers, but the guy uh, Steve Young is uh, Looking out at a lake and then this guy uh, the main character of the movie uh, is be- behind him kind of like stalking him on a different level um, it kind of looks like um, just very symbolic, but it's just crazy how, how good the, the light is. And then you have also, you know, the, the final scene where it's on the snow. Mm-hmm. Um, what, especially, you know, I think the, the biggest one is, um, there's a scene where these three guys are chilling, like smoking a joint in the, um, like in the countryside of Korea, watching over the war of North Korea and just the way like the sun starts going
0: down and down and down, uh, it's so good. Um, It it was that that one in particular blew my mind because during that they're they're smoking the joint and the sun's going down. And then there's an extended scene, you know, a single shot, like an extended shot of um, the character Shin uh, dancing naked uh, somewhat inexplicably. And she's doing it in the low light and I was watching it, and it was so beautiful. And that, like, just capturing just that moment before the sun goes down. And I was thinking about it, it's like, how many times do they have to do this? Because it, it was so perfect. And then, you know, that, that you could even feel that the camera was being improvised a little bit as the dancing was being improvised, because the sun's just going down and it's focusing on the, the character. And you can tell the cameraman's holding the camera, and then it looks up above her head. And it catches the full moon and it's just this beautiful moment in which it just says like hello to the moon and then brings it back down organically into the character's dancing and i, I was just absolutely floored by that
1: absolutely absolutely and i think it's also a pivotal uh, moment in the movie where it's uh, almost like when the character starts a little bit losing his, his mind lee lee Soo, mm-hmm. um and it Yeah, I I think that's what sets up the final stage of the movie, which Mm -hmm. is when all the crazy, um, honestly, all the crazy shit happens. Um, Absolutely. So that to me was um, a key, um, I think a key uh, part of the movie. Uh, Another part part I really, really liked is um, the music. I thought the music was pretty good. Uh, There's like this constant overall theme that's played throughout the movie. Um, Not sure if you noticed it, but basically uh, what they're doing is they're playing the same theme uh, for the beginning and every basically almost every scene and at the end it's the same thing except they, they're adding like beats so it's like uh, a little bit like um, like Dunkirk you know where, where, where they're doing this to kind of like add excitement and and kind of like also drives the, the plot forward and it gets you Absolutely. a little bit excited so I, th- I thought that was like a super interesting use of, of this like honestly like slow and boring theme at the beginning and how how they like do it at the end um other than that what i really like and maybe we can talk about this later just the overall themes of of the movie um and also you know we're, we're obviously going to talk about how this compares to to parasite um but i think it has a lot of interesting um like class of text that i mm-hmm. m- you know maybe it doesn't make uh, it's not as relevant for us since we're not korean but but definitely very universal themes of um Anger and resentment
0: um, Absolutely in the movie uh, Yeah, and I think that that through line of tension throughout the entire movie uh, Is just a a beautiful thing, uh, you know yong su is you know our, our protagonist and we're following him and you know He's such a real character, right, you know, and he gets in these situations that are just so overwhelming um, you know when he is with the rich character and he's watching all of their friends and uh you know his love interest shin is telling a story you know about uh being in africa and the dances and you know she stands up and she's so proud to share this story uh you know for her she's grown up uh on the farm and she wanted to go to africa and she was able to go to africa and it was this wonderful experience for her and she got to see the the native people's dance and uh she shared the dance with everybody and everybody was like laughing at her and the only one and uh and uh, again uh, young Su is just head over heels for her but he's looking around the room and everybody's just giggling and laughing and there's this constant tension of the us versus them and like we want to be part of that conversation we want to be cultured uh etc cetera, etc cetera. but uh no matter what we do we are not being accepted by um by the others uh and, you know it, it they they behave as they being like the the upper class uh people in this the friends of uh the uh walking dead guy uh you know, it doesn't matter how special your experience is. Like, it, it wasn't like it. It wasn't real to them. They they don't care about you.
1: True, true. And I do think that also depends on how you look at this movie. If you if you see it from a light uh, perspective, uh, not really. You know, uh, paying attention to these class um, dynamics that are going on throughout the movie. Uh, it's clear. Like uh, the main character, uh, Young Soo, is just painfully boring. He's going to all these like cool neighborhoods to hang out with um with steven young and um and he's a lot of interest
0: and then he um is just sitting there without really talking a lot yeah well um, i mean like in his downtime he's like literally like singing pop songs and shoveling cow shit and then yeah. all of a sudden he gets the opportunity to hang out with all these socialites
1: Absolutely, absolutely. But I think it's interesting because that's almost kind of that's almost kind of how a movie is. If if you're looking at it from like an outsider perspective, it's a painful, boring movie. Um, but if you start paying attention to all the class dynamics and mm-hmm. um, the way this character is like uh, resentful of, uh, and and very subtly. So because you know he's never like screaming at people or doing anything. He's just you can just tell from the way he's acting, right? He's very like sullen and um, doesn't talk a lot. Um, Is just kind of like um... he's very much an
0: observer, and that, and that and that's consistent exactly, with exactly. a lot. Have you read any Murakami? I, I have not. I have not. You got all right. So for for all the listeners of the podcast, so you and me, um, I, I recommend that everybody reads the book Kafka on the Shore. Uh, it's it's my favorite book, and you know it's just all it's just always has the same character, but I love. This character and what what actually one of the things that I I, you know when you say that he he is boring in the novels uh, that's often glorified uh, by by Murakami and you know he always like it's just kind of like this pixie fantasy uh, sort of thing that happens with all these mysterious girls that are somehow perfect but not fully knowable and in, in the books that's that's glorified whereas in the movie it is not glorified it, it is very much like you know this guy has has flaws but we appreciate that for him and i i like that they were able to take that direction um rather than going with uh you know true true to the text what well, I, I assume i mean yeah. Uh, based off of, because it's almost always the same type of character.
1: True, true. And I think at this point we can probably talk about uh, the end of, of the movie. I, yeah, yeah. Pablo, why is
0: it called burning?
1: Well, that is an excellent question. Um, and the reason it is called burning is I have absolutely no idea, but it's probably related to the <laughs> burning of a German car in the movie.
0: Um, well, said, well let, 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 let's let's set it up a little bit before we get to the uh, burning of a burning car. a body uh, in a car. Um, okay. what, what, what what were some of the things that uh, that led that led to this situation yes, just so yes. that our, our listeners know. Um, so
1: basically um, this guy is obsessed with this girl, right? She comes back with uh, maybe a love interest, maybe not. Um, and what happens is um, at this sunset scene that we already described. Uh, Sun goes out, then this girl starts dancing topless. And then um, this guy, um is so frustrated that she's uh, maybe not paying attention to him and definitely uh, falling for the, for the rich guy, um, he basically tells her something about being a slut. And um, she gets in the car with Steven Young, and they drive away. And that's the last time he ever sees her. Um, from that, what happens? He's trying to contact her, and she's like gone, completely mm-hmm. disappears. Um, and he goes to her apartment; she's not there. Uh, he's asking around. He goes and confronts uh, Stephen Yon, and then he talks to
0: her parents who live in the city. Like yeah,
1: he goes everywhere.
0: I'd um, also say real, real quick. At this point, it moves from just being kind of an introspective art film into kind of like *Parasite*. Pivots a little bit into a horror movie.
1: Yes, yes, because um, they they do set it up at the beginning where he is um, going through Stephen uh He's at his apartment and they're all three chilling. And he goes to a bathroom and he's like looking at um, at the bathroom cabinet, and then he sees these like jewels, like clearly like uh, woman's jewels, jewels in like
0: a makeup box. Yeah,
1: makeup earrings uh, hidden and in, in, um like in a little box. So basically, he goes. Um, he goes to the apartment. He sees a cat, um, which is important to apply because this girl also has a cat that never shows up in the movie. Uh, the cat's just... The cat in a hat. He's just hidden away. Um, and then uh, Steven apparently adopts a cat. Uh, he tells him he hasn't decided a name yet. Um, then Yansu goes into the bathroom and sees uh, the watch from the first scene in the movie that he uh, gives uh, re- uh, to re- yon
0: yeah, where where he's he first meets Shin, exactly to uh, yeah. to,
1: to Shin. Sorry, um, and yeah. So basically, he sees the watch there. Uh, the cat escapes into the into the like uh, parking lot. They mm-hmm. all go searching for it, and then uh, this guy, um, the main character, sorry, starts calling out the name of uh, of Shin's cat, and the cat responds, uh, which yeah. I. First of all, I have no idea if cats actually uh, can do
0: that. Um, Uh, Yeah, no. I I spend a lot of time with uh, my girlfriend's cat Lou, and that motherfucker uh, does not give a shit about me calling his name. Exactly. Uh, I call I call his name, and yeah, but like for 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 the purpose of the movie, it's very effective.
1: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So uh, basically, that's what makes him kind of like lose his mind. Um, that's a, like the final drop in the, in the glass or whatever. Uh, also what is question? What is the name of a cat in English? Cause, um, so I started watching it in the U S came back to Mexico, watched it on Mexican Netflix, and we <laughs> didn't have the option for
0: English subtitles. So, uh, in Spanish, the cat, the cat is called Caldera. Oh, jeez. Uh, I can't, I, I'd have to Google it. My, uh, oh, wait, wait, gonna... wait.
1: I just, I just Googled it. Uh, okay. ready.
0: Um, <laughs> it's called boil. Oh yeah, Boyle. That is such a weird name. Yeah, and we like we never see it in her apartment, which is like, can we can we talk about her apartment for a second? Yeah, well, and what does the
1: cat being missing mean? I feel I feel like if I were you know if we were more intellectual, we would have yeah, half an we, hour talking about the missing cat.
0: If we read books, uh, yeah, because so dear listener, uh, when she's in Africa, he is in charge of. Uh, watching her cat and he's got like the pin code to get in and like her apartment is and this kind of goes back to the class thing where it's just like it is a shoebox. like she has a single bed um that they have sex in and everything is like messy and like all over the place but like but everything's within
1: reach of oh yeah of the bed you could Can probably you imagine yeah.
0: me being in that in that uh in that room Maybe
1: a little Alice in Wonderland in there, I feel like. <laughs> uh, but picture this, dear listener, uh, it is a tiny-ass apartment um, and also I'll, I'll talk about a shot I really like when they're, when they're having sex and it doesn't have to do with sex. Um, tiny bed. You're sitting on the bed. You can make an omelette at the same time while you're, <laughs> while you're sitting on your bed. And and also, well, that's it because it's a little kitchen. It's, it's like the, the, the toilet is like in the
0: shower. Like yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I, I mean, you you could poop and also shower, which is nice, you know. You're, <laughs> you're like you're getting started. You're ready to go to work.
0: And it's, like, know, a really aggr- it's like a really it's like a a very aggressive bidet. Uh, <laughs> that, that's
1: that is a gr- a great way to put it. Um, and the, uh, so, so basically the, the, what's important about this is first, you know, it's clear that she's not making a lot of money and that she's a lower class. And, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Steve's apartment is like five times the size of her, 10 times, whatever.
0: Yeah. Probably uh, like 10. It, like, it's, it's just not even yeah. like his is like uh, it, his. it's an apartment, but in the U S it would be like a, the, the first floor of a large home. Like it is a suite. Where yeah. she's in this tiny, tiny apartment,
1: and and what's also interesting about this um, about this apartment is that it's such a tiny apartment. There's really only so many places where the fucking cat could hide, and it's yeah. never there. So he yeah. actually like the character is doubting whether at the beginning of the movie the whether, food is grown, this, though. Yeah, that's true. But the and actually like you know going into me, I was like. What if she never went to Africa and she's just going to an apartment and like pulling a parents on Christmas, like, you know, uh, <laughs> taking the cookies out that you left for Santa and, and, and making this guy believe that there's actually a cat. So we never really see the cat, um, which means that at some point, maybe the cat actually escaped and was adopted by Steve. But most likely, you know, uh, this becomes a murder mystery, right? Yep. And, because, and we think yep. that's a cat. Um, so basically right. anyway well and, um, and, and
0: and just to kind of go back to that point when when we're at Steve's Steve um apartment uh, his name and, is not Steve uh, that's the name of the actor but yeah, yeah you know, Steve hey, is well, Tom Steve. Steve it's a hey, good. Steve uh, um but when when we're at
1: Steve's apartment well like, his name is Ben actually uh sorry it's even you know uh, even more
0: American than Steve hey, Ben um Ben but, so <laughs> But when we're in the apartment, uh, in her apartment, like it's all messy and stuff. And then before we go to his apartment, uh, we're able to get back into the apartment. The landlady opens, opens the door and every, this I think was like the scariest part because it's just like, where is she? We don't know where she is. We don't know where she is. And then you, they, uh, the landlady opens the door in this tiny apartment and somehow everything is perfectly clean everything is nice and neat and orderly and it is uncanny and the cat is definitely not in there this time um so when we see it later and there's a cat in the other apartment with this guy who lives in this impeccable apartment it it just gave me the heebie-jeebies like no other yes oh, that, oh yeah go.
1: that's true that's true and and also um going off that i think it might be st- it might be time to start talking about why this movie is called Burning.
0: <laughs> why is it called Burning?
1: Why is it called Burning? OK, so um, I feel like we keep coming back to this like beautiful scene. Um, and, and that's what's really great about this movie. You know, we have this perfectly shot uh, one take scene. Um, and then, then there's this. Uh, so during this scene, there's uh, a little bit earlier, um, the, the, the main character and Ben uh, who's also Steve, but also Ben. Uh, Steve Ben, you know, you guys know what I mean. Yeah, uh, they're they're talking while um, Shin is passed out. Uh, she's like on the couch sleeping, and they're talking. And then uh, Ben goes on this like crazy ramble, where I think that's where a lot of um, a lot of the main characters just like frustrations uh, explode because he's talking about how he um, he's very successful. And every once in a while, uh, probably every, like, two weeks or every month, yeah. he goes and burns a greenhouse. Uh, and this is a really interesting part. And he's part telling
0: this to a farmer.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and this is actually where I thought uh, it was—he was he was going to burn, like, uh, the... Um, you know, he was going to burn everything down. But, but it actually, John's like... like uh, yeah, uh, he was, was going to burn Jonks's house to the ground. But then we realized, like, that's actually... Uh, not a greenhouse but anyway so yep. he's talking about why he uh, burns these greenhouses and he never really offers a, like an actual explanation of why he's doing it he's just like dude it feels good and the next one i burn down
0: is gonna be uh very very close to here
1: chun, chun. yeah
0: like and then like as the audience it's like Things have just been generally tense this whole time. This guy is here. I don't feel comfortable. Like, what do you mean right around here? I almost threw my popcorn at the TV and I was like, dude,
1: (laughs) that guy is definitely burning down the house. Um, (laughs) Didn't happen. So basically what happens is, uh, and also like this is just uh, um, a detonator for a thousand really great little eye shots while while Young-Soo is like running. Um, So young is obsessed after this. um they, they leave and the next couple of weeks he's just like running around the neighborhood or the countryside just finding um finding greenhouses and then he never actually sees one burn down uh he also like tries to um also well steve leaves his uh very symbolic he leaves his um lighter out uh, mm-hmm. by the house he forgets about it and then uh yang Tzu is like at some point is also trying to burn down a greenhouse so basically he's, um, it almost shows how he's starting to lose it because every day he's trying to find greenhouses and then, uh, you know, not one of them burns down. And I think also, like, that's his, like, um, like he's as he's going into the depths of his, like,
0: uh, obsession and despair or whatever, uh, it's just a good representation, I think, of him losing it. Absolutely. Uh, and and uh, when, so he's, like, running around looking, you know, where's this greenhouse? Where's this greenhouse? You know, uh, you know, it, it, none of them have burned down where, are, like, is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? Um, and then he, he does like start to light one up a little bit. Why, why do you think that he did that? I, I, I've got a take, but I, I'm, I'm curious of what, what yours is.
1: Um, I actually never really even thought about it. Um, but I do think, uh, and actually it's, it's probably the, the most, uh, obvious read that, that you could have is like trying to put himself in into uh, into bench shoes right like maybe I do want to be uh, rich maybe I, uh, I I do envy this guy's life uh, and yes. if, you know if I live like that uh, then maybe you know uh, Shin would, would pay attention to me maybe not Shin, but in general like the girl you know the concept Maybe mm-hmm. not necessarily shin herself um, so I do think like he's just trying to light it and then it, it doesn't really catch him fire and then it, it catches on fire, and then it starts spreading. He's like scared, and he like, like just like goes like this, and and, and sets it out. Um, so I do think it's always like a, a way of mimicry, you know, of, of of trying to figure out like how would it feel to be this guy who's like super successful, super rich, yeah, and when, probably, when he I mean, was pretty handsome too, I gotta say.
0: When, uh, absolutely, uh, and when he started looking around, I thought that he. His whole purpose at first was not to find which one he was, uh, Ben was going to burn down. I thought it was going to be um, him trying to find one for himself to burn down. Um, and then, you know, he, he gets scared and stops. Um, That's crazy. That would have been a pretty crazy way to end the movie. I, I yeah. do
1: have a couple of. Uh, thoughts about the end of the movie
0: yeah so i I think we should probably pivot there and finally answer the question pablo why is it called burning
1: well it's called burning because the final scene of the movie is uh stevie's looking at a greenhouse it's snowing Uh, by this point i know probably you know symbolic the passing of time it's winter now ben or steve uh is looking Uh, at this steve Ben. yeah he's on the countryside uh he's like uh, Porsche is park he's looking at this big-ass greenhouse, um, pretty industrial, I'd say, you know, it'd be pretty mm-hmm. tough to get away with burning it. And then a shitty truck stops by in the background, and that's obviously uh, Yang-Soo who gets out. Um, and actually, I just realized I got—I totally got this wrong, though, because uh soo calls Ben and tells him like, hey, I'm with this girl, let's meet. And then Ben is there waiting for them, um uh, yangsu arrives mm-hmm. obviously shin is not there and then um yangsu just like stabs ben uh, in this like harrowing crazy like, intense scene because it's also very intense for for yangsu you know he like
0: shoves been the knife so monotone or you know single note the whole time uh and what what's different again between this and the murakami books is even though he's they're always boring characters. You are always getting that first person information. What are they thinking? How is he processing? And you're not getting all of that. So you are just watching him accept the bizarreness that is going on around him. And then in the moment in which he, he's figured out that Ben has almost certainly killed Shin and he's Done this before, and he's found another girl that he's going to do it, uh, do it to, and just the anger uh, compared to when he had, you know, how he the entire behaved. movie, was some, he's, yeah, exactly. so Monotone.
1: He's a, such a painfully boring guy, and at, at the end, he's just like the release. It's the climax of uh, everything, yeah. and so, it's just so interesting how he like, you know, he's shoving the knife, but he's also like clearly in
0: like physical. uh Physical pain from doing it. And, um, yeah, because like he's a good guy, like you know, he and he's respectful and all that sort of thing. But like he is just, pardon, uh, he's done putting up with this shit of like the of this other guy from this other class. You know, it's walking all over him, obviously parading, you know, his desires in front of him, like just all of these different things, and then he. Uh, takes a, a can of gasoline out of his car and takes off his clothes. Don't forget that part. Takes off his clothes. Yeah, so he's naked in the snow. A car drives by. Luckily, doesn't see him uh, in like totally covered in blood. And then uh, burns burns the Porsche in the middle of the field. Yeah, and, and then th- the movie ends. Well, the last scene is him driving away.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and through the back, we see the like the car burning slowly, like fading away which is incredible. Right. And now I do have two follow up questions to that. Sure. The first one is, um, okay. So first is, um,
0: then he kill her. That is the first one. I think he definitely killed her. Uh, just based off of the way that he was so nonchalant about how she had disappeared. Like why else would she disappear? She doesn't have any money. Where's she going to go? And, uh, like, Ben is a like he's he's obsessed with power and like he does whatever he wants. And we we, we see a scene with Ben and the, the new girl, I don't remember what her name is, and you know, they're both sitting crisscross applesauce next to each other and he's painting her face uh in like a you know I like it, he's putting on makeup, but like it is definitely a power thing like Absolutely. i want you to look this way because i want you to and it's so uncomfortably intimate so and a guy who's doing that who's and it's also implied that when he's burning these greenhouses he's burning burning the bodies bodies but
1: that said though why did he accept to meet yang when Yangsu said um i'm with shin you know um, Was he surprised of like this guy is making it up and he's clearly not with Shin? That that's the only part of a movie that doesn't mm. quite fit, you know. Um, that said, though, um, I would say table this because you know it, I think a big point of these types of movies is, you know, we don't know, we don't really know, and yeah. never and, know. And, and it's up to the viewer to like obviously uh, figure out if within your own mind, like did he exactly. do it? Did he not? But I do say, uh, I do think a follow-up to this is, uh, and would a, would it be a more interesting movie, is what if he actually didn't do it and we find out after?
0: Yeah, I also thought about it. And I think that re- whether it happened or not, because at the same time, this whole thing is kind of a dream. And our connection with reality is so um, unsure and... Where are we as a person when we have our dreams that are real? You know, I want to be a writer like Young-Soo. Uh, but then all of a sudden these people are pushing you in and saying like, oh, so you haven't published yet? Like, are you published? Like, what is your value? Who are you? Are you writing? Me? The guy's never the-
1: writing. He's yeah. It, I, it, it, yeah. It's like the guy never is never writing. They ask him, like, hey, what's your novel about? And he's like, Oh, actually, I actually don't have a novel and oh wait, what are you writing about? Well, I'm actually not writing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but like but but it's it's still you know, you, you cannot write and be someone who like he obviously cares about the art, right? Like he you know, he loves William Faulkner, um, which is a, a tapping you know, tipping the hat to some of the source material, I guess. Uh but you know, it's like regardless of whether he killed him or not like the the sim the symbol of him killing him i think is just such a powerful representation of just uh the the anger that true and
1: and there's a lot of class conflict too you know sorry to interrupt but um you have this rich guy who's killing at large and clearly doesn't give a fuck and like also burning shit down and then you have this uh, guy who's from a lower class who uh, has such a hard time killing this guy, and it's painful, and you see it and you feel it. Um, and I also think that's a big contrast of, of what's sure. been in
0: the movie. All right, so we've talked about this movie for a while now. I've got I, this is our first time. What were you going to? True. Say? I have uh,
1: one last thing to say, oh, and I, yeah. I think we have to talk about it. And I'm sorry to like you know go there, but
0: oh my god, I hate how talking about the movies confer- with you. Ugh.
1: How does it compare it to Parasite? And oh, I, I kind of cool. want to go first because I think yeah. you know, um, it's um, it's just relevant. You know, Korean Korean movies, Korean cinema is like starting to get on the forefront, and we all sure. saw it with Parasite. I, when real with quick, Academy. I want to
0: ask: Have you watched any other Korean movies besides Parasite? Great question, and the answer is
1: probably not. You um, should
0: watch Train to Busan. That movie, oh, I've always wanted to watch. Rocks. It. Um, it's a zombie movie. I, I, um,
1: I watched the interview. I don't know if that's if that counts with, with uh, James Franco <laughs> and Sam <Son> Rogan.
0: Um, <laughs> that does not count. Um, so it, you should watch Train Nusan um, And then um, some. I, I've watched a couple other of uh, uh, Bong Jun. Bong Jun is his yeah. name. Yeah, Bong Jun's film. Uh, if you haven't seen, uh, shoot, it's uh, Bong Jun's take on a kaiju movie. It's called. Well, Pacific Rim, I know that's your shit. Uh, yeah, Pacific Rim is so good. But
1: yeah, let's talk about let's talk about um, Parasite. And like I, 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 have to say, I, I did like this movie a lot more than Parasite. Even though Parasite is, you know, more of a digest, it, it's more digestible. It's easier for the average viewer, or even me, you know. It's it has a shorter runtime. It's a lot think, yeah. more entertaining. A, a funny plot. Um, but I think, th- like, if if these two movies were the same, I, I would want to say that um, *Parasite* is the magic realism version of *Of Burning*, which *Burning* is just kind of like very grounded in reality and could certainly happen, and it's just dealing a lot with introspective mm-hmm. feelings. Where like, whereas um, *Parasite* is very overt, and obviously both movies are great, but I do have to say I, I really, really enjoyed um, *Burning* compared to *Parasite*
0: yeah i uh both are unbelievable like gun to my head had to watch one again uh and i've watched parasite a couple times at this point uh i would want to watch burning again uh but like to me (laughs) i texted one of my friends uh after uh watching the rest of burning and he he had seen burning and I was just like, why is it every time that I consume Haruki Murakami media, it is my favorite media? Uh, and so, like, watching this, just everything is just A-plus in my book. Like, there are scenes that are genuinely funny. You know, we, we get the whole range of emotions in this just like I like in um, my Haruki Murakami stories. I don't know if I agree that, like, there's a lot of subtlety uh, in parasite uh, I I so uh, I don't know if I can every almost every movie has settled yeah well uh, yeah 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 but I, I think that it, they talk about things I, I would say that they're kind of similar in the way that they address uh, certain things what I will say though is that parasite is probably a little bit better edited in what, in the fact in, in the fact that uh, it's able to tell it I, I don't know actually what the r- runtime of parasite is but parasite feels shorter which uh is to me a positive a positive thing in which you know when i watched the last like hour and a half of the movie after you and i had started it uh it felt like i sat down for a full movie um but i think that the the highs presented in uh in burning are even higher than parasite um You know, but we're, we're splitting hairs it's two they're, they're two perfect movies so True.
1: Yeah. and I do say you have a point because parasite is only 16 minutes shorter than um, than burning but it feels you know it feels a lot faster yes not, not you know not short movies by any means uh, you, you definitely feel it on your uh, on your, yeah. body. Uh, uh,
0: on your K- body Kate and I have been watching uh, wait Andrew talking? who who is Kate Kate is my my wonderful uh, girlfriend Um whom you've uh, been able to meet twice now Um, and uh, we watch a lot of really good stuff together Uh, but what we've been watching is uh, Twin Peaks and Twin Peaks kind of similar in a lot of ways to Burning in which it's uh, this very real setting but then, especially in the first season very real setting and then weird magical paranormal things are happening uh question mark maybe maybe not uh but the pay like and i want in every fiber of my body to love twin peaks but like i always realize that i spend a decent amount of each episode on my phone because each scene is so drawn out i see some parallels there with with burning whereas uh parasite it's like Scene, scene, scene. Uh, you know, a l- little song like da 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 Like, true, true. they're sprinkling in uh, lots of dynamic things. Whereas, like, a lot of the movies, like, we're waiting for the thing to happen. But the highs are so, so high. True, true. And I couldn't have said it myself,
1: uh, which is a quote word for I have no idea what else to say about this movie. <laughs> I think we, <laughs> we did ran
0: it out. We did we, it. We, we beat Burning. Um, okay, so um before we talk about would dave like this movie um the the big question here is would this movie be better if jim carrey was in <laughs> it? oh abs- absolutely not um
1: it, you know having an american actor in a korean movie oh wait no that's actually what burning what goes on in this movie uh, Stephen Young definitely was the right guy um, rather than Jim Carrey and, and, th- and that's something I kind of hate though I, I hate those movies that I, I don't hate them but um, you know there's a lot of movies where um, they're supposed to happen in a country and then they're like magically all speak English um, a very mm-hmm. good good one was The Death of Stalin by the way. Uh, oh, that movie is about, so good. Huh? Yeah, so good. But but it definitely feels cooler when they when they're speaking the real language, right? Right. Although you know, you're running into an issue of like, do actual if people I was are to make a movie, watch this?
0: if I was to make a movie in a different country, I would want them to speak English because that's I can direct that easier. That being true. said, true. And you know, if, if English was good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for you. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh. R.I.P. That guy, um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, man, that, that was such a good joke. I I can't even say anything else about what we were talking about. I I completely, I'm completely lost. True, um, true. So
1: so getting back to this is uh, burning. Jim Carrey would figure out not. Um, so I not that's, good fit. That's a That's good. Good conclusion. Jim Carrey yep. would not make this movie
0: better. Great, and uh, now we need to figure out should Dave watch this movie.
1: Ooh, I think that's going to be another absolutely not. <laughs> what, what, what do you feel? What do you feel?
0: I, ooh, like knowing knowing Dave. Um, so Dave sometimes struggles with foreign language films because uh, he's not able to text uh, while he's watching them. Um, but I, mean, I, I know. I identified with that. It, it's hard to like put your phone down. Exactly, um, but that being said, he did really like *Parasite*, um, which has a, a similar mood, um, and like this movie, rocks. Uh, I would I, I would put this in the category of recommend t- to Dave, but he probably won't watch it unless I sit him down and watch it with him.
1: Excellent. That that is a great way of putting it. It's like, would they like this movie? Yes should he watch it that that's what I don't know We don't will even he watch it would. no um, definitely not. But if dave you're listening to this just know that this is coming from a place of love
0: oh yeah uh, no duh like dave is dave is the perfect human and that, that like that's why we're doing this podcast is because dave is better than we are and we want to make sure that he saves time so like i'm, I'm not going to just waste his time giving him a recommendation. Like he's not, I don't like, he's not going to listen to this podcast This is just about us figuring out things that we should recommend to Dave. Yeah. So, um, so
1: I, I feel like we should have a, we, we should have a timestamp uh, where Dave should just like listen to the first five minutes of this podcast yeah. and then go to would Dave like this movie <laughs> uh, and, and
0: then everything else is just filler. <laughs> I mean like uh, filler for him. For him, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> for, for us, this is content. This is our lives. It's great. And just so you guys know, uh, whoever is
1: listening to this, we're thoroughly and grossly uh underqualified for running a movie podcast. Oh, that's um, not true. We
0: we we have uh, like with I think that uh one of the things I was gonna say when we were both talking about the naked dancing scene, which is a very simple way of putting it's such a beautiful scene, uh, is that you, that, that That's a scene that we did not watch together. Um, that That's something that we both really wanted to talk about. And neither of us had any idea that that was like the peak of the movie for us. And it true. is such a quiet scene. That That's true. That's
1: true. I, I guess I, I would put us in one to ten movie knowledge. Maybe like a two and a half. At least me. You're definitely a six, seven, eight. Maybe a ten. 69. Uh, it's just, you um. know, uh, self-doubting. Self-doubting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll, cross we'll, cut,
0: podcasting. we'll 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 cut all of the self doubt out. Um so um we'll, we'll fix it in post. We'll fix it in post. Exactly. Uh so all right. Um before we wrap up, uh one of the things that some other podcasts do that I'm a big fan of is uh like what else are you watching? or like what else are you consuming? Like uh, you know, sure. just hit me with the hits.
1: Uh well, first of all, uh a lot of work. I work a lot. I think we all do. Um, but anyway, in terms of media, uh, well right now I'm, I'm consuming two forms of media, mostly. Uh, the first one is, uh, I'm reading a book by Max Hastings, who's a historian called Inferno. Real great, just World War II. Uh, mm-hmm. And overall, you know, um, it, it's it's not a specific theme, uh, but it, it goes, uh, basically what it talks about is uh, all of World War II from, uh, like, people's perspective. So it has a a lot of like epistolary sources which is really great a lot of like diaries and letters Mm -hmm. from like soldiers and like generals and stuff so instead of doing like the macro geopolitical shit it goes into like people's psyche of the conflict which is really very interesting Um, but the other one i really really do want to talk about is a tv show on hbo called search party which is just crazy good um and it actually shares a lot of themes of of uh, of burning and parasite of uh, people like slowly losing their minds and what is real and what is not um okay. basically first season is about a missing girl and this group of like hip uh young uh new york types uh, in like their 30s who dress really well and just you know you're like white um just your 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 white preppy uh trust fund kids who are living in new york and one of her college friends from NYU, and by friends I mean acquaintance, goes missing. And mm-hmm. the entire first season is about how they um, how they search for her uh, because they, one of them doesn't think she she's dead, which everyone believes. Uh, but it's like so good because like uh, season two changes completely. Uh, season two is more of like a psychological thriller. Season three is a procedural mm-hmm. drama, mm-hmm. and then season four is also like a a very crazy psychological thriller, but the entire movie is, uh, it, it could almost be like a story movie in that there's a lot of like really funny scenes um, like inside of this crazy drama. Plot within drama. a plot. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. And the only thing would be, I would, uh, we could devote an entire podcast to it because I, I honestly think it's so good and you hate the characters so much. The lead character is maybe from the rest of the band, Alia Chocot um so good so i would definitely recommend people to watch it as an
0: hbo max called uh, search party search party i'll definitely check it out because andrew... i don't i don't know how much more twin peaks i'm going to be able to handle True. i want i want to watch season three but it like i have to get through all of season two so we'll see but andrew what are you watching um so like i just was saying uh watching twin peaks which is just wild I I don't know if I can actually recommend it To a lot of folks I think that it's kind of overrated to be honest Um, But I I think that for what it was at the time Is um, Was very important And it's something that's actually You can actually enjoy from David Lynch I I don't know if you've watched any of David Lynch's Other stuff But it is is uh, Like Mulhouse Drive? Maybe I think he did Eraserhead He's done like a whole bunch of like really weird artsy stuff. Um but uh yeah, he did season three like twenty sixteen or something like that and brought the whole cast together. Did, and I, did I read Did he do
1: Mindhunter on, on Netflix? TV show? I don't think so. Okay, then I'm I'm definitely losing it
0: here. Um Yeah, so there's that and then uh, I've been watching in anime and i loved anime when i was younger and every now and then I'll, I'll try to dip my toe back in but i have not finished an anime series in a long time i started a bunch i started death note i started full metal full metal alchemist uh, brotherhood uh but and i liked them but for whatever reason i got to a certain point and i was like huh i'm i'm good i don't need to watch another 20 episodes even though they're only 20 minutes yeah uh, but my, working... my my issue with anime is pacing and we can go
1: about it um, yes on, on a different different podcast
0: but right now i'm li- a different podcast a whole different podcast that we'll do on why uh, about anime's pacing uh no uh but this one that i'm watching is uh neon genesis uh I don't evangelion know. right evangelion they're, thank you yeah I, uh and the two animes that I always go back to and I can re-watch over and over again, Trigun and Cowboy Bebop, like, if you like those two, and maybe you were on the fence because it's big robots and you think you've seen that before, jo- go and sit and watch this nihilistic beaut of a, of a show. Oh, I want to. I just, I've watched
1: so much Power Rangers, man. It's just... This is the same episode also can we talk about how power rangers is the exact same episode a thousand times you know it's like bad guy shows up they kill bad guy oh wait bad guy is gigantic
0: right now let's call (laughs) the robots and then they feed the giant did you know that the tv show power rangers like is just edited from other like japanese kaiju tv show oops uh kaiju tv show wait seriously (laughs) Yeah, so it's all all the scenes where they're in suits. None of that was filmed in the U.S. Like, so, wow, it's crazy. So all of the plot is built around the existing Japanese battles, and then you, you have these people who like sometimes do battles without the outfits. And <laughs> they build that's, like
1: that is that's wonderful. That that's such a crazy way of cutting costs. <laughs> I know,
0: oh, man. That's um, like.
1: Late stage capitalism, man.
0: <laughs> Whatever. Um, and then the last thing that I'll, I'll plug is uh, I've been playing a game called Fire Emblem, um, which is a really cool strategy fantasy life sim game. I'm like 40 hours in. It's just so good. If you got a Nintendo Switch and you have a hundred hours to burn, um, like I, I like to you know, open it up before I go to bed, play an hour, you know, go through a month, develop a relationship with my students and uh, and kill some bad guys. So it's that, that's just been like a real treat. That's and, a great thing to do before going to bed. Yeah. Murder. Um,
1: excellent. So last and not least, and, I, and this is going to be a shock to you because we didn't really talk about this, but sure, what are we going to watch next?
0: next? Ooh. Um, so... I think that we could. I had two thoughts. Um, are we doing Criterion again? No, no, no. So this is a uh, Taiwanese film. So I don't know about you, but I, I subscribe to the Criterion Collection. The, the Criterion Channel. It's the Criterion Channel is awesome. Like I've been able to watch like Jackie Chan movies and Godzilla movies, uh, or you know, but they also have other stuff. They've got a whole bunch of, it. and it's just very well curated but one that's been on my list that i've been wanting to watch for a while is um it's a uh taiwanese film called yi 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 space yi um and the i don't know anything about it it's uh the thing that i'm looking at right here says warm sprawling dazzling this intimate epic is one of the undisputed masterworks of the new century which interesting is pretty pretty big i was thinking either that one or something with jim carrey in it uh oh. and i'd be happy to do something like uh, eternal sunshine of the spotless mind truman show um or anything like that perfect
1: well uh i think with that that's all we have for today um will hit you guys back up with another great movie hopefully jim carrey won
0: um <laughs> What else? Well, was there any movies that you wanted to watch? Like, I thought we were going to discuss it and figure oh, it we're, out. Oh, we're
1: discussing in the podcast. I mean, that's um, kind of what I thought. But Yeah, I was can... I was thinking Stranger Than Fiction, but honestly, it's just because it's like self-masturbatory in, in the sense that that movie would absolutely be better with, with Jim Carrey. <laughs> uh, absolutely. No offense to Will Ferrell. I love him.
0: I think um, that we should do... We, maybe we'll do a bit where every week we say the next week we're gonna do stranger than fiction. Uh, and we never and then, do it. <laughs> we could.
1: Okay, we maybe could. We'll, we'll do it this week. Maybe. well, that, that's going to be a discussion for for this week. Uh, you, dear listener, don't have to don't have to be a part of of this, but uh, follow us on social media and let us know. We actually don't have social
0: media. Yeah, a joke. Yeah, te- text text me at. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Dave, uh, text us, to, uh, and you you tell us you let us know what movie you want us to do. Excellent. Um, so uh, once again, thank you for joining us. Uh, this has been Movies with Dave, uh, starring me, Andrew Kramer. Uh, you can find me on social media at Kidman007 on Twitter. Uh, I do not post there at, at all, but, you know, uh, I'm out there. And uh, my friend here, Pablo Galvan, do you have a Twitter? Uh, I do, but
1: I just use it to follow sports sports things. Don't really do anything. But you all can right. follow me on Instagram. Uh, yes, at Pablo underscore GLV.
0: Perfect. All right, well, Pablo, thank you so much. I think that for the first one, not not bad. Probably not, not, not
1: good. Not horrible, yeah. 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 I would say, like, you know, uh, I, w- I don't want to, like, stab myself on the ears. But I'll just leave it at that. Not bad.
0: And I think it's a very good first exercise. Wonderful. Um, Excellent. And if there's one thing I know about Pablo, he likes exercise. Um, anyway, thank you, everybody, and we will catch you next time.
1: Adios.